Welcome to Breaker Culture Weekly. The guys from BreakerCulture.com help pull back the curtains and give you insight into the hobby. Sit back and enjoy interviews, product breakdowns, and hobby analysis so you can get your edge in the marketplace. And now, to the show. Hey, what's going on? This is episode 60 of Break Your Culture Weekly, and I am super glad that you are here. So thank you for joining. Today marks a little bit of a transformation for Break Your Culture Weekly. I'm going to give you the heads up now. Uh, we have divided things up. We've segmented our episodes into seasons. So you'll see, uh, if you look on iTunes, you'll see us now, season one, season two. Well, season three starts today with episode 60. And here's how it's going to work. For the next 15 episodes, for the next basically three months, you're going to get a weekly episode from us. A lot of this content's already been worked on, and we're going to roll it out weekly. Um, And we've got a pretty specific focus for the next three months, and that is we want to really make sure we deliver content over the next 15 episodes that help you become a better investor in the hobby. And... We're going to have our same same approach, lots of interviews, some really good interviews, by the way, um, lots of really good t- topics and a little difference there is that we're going to put a little bit more legwork behind some of our episodes with our topics, topics like how do you make money in grading? You know, not just take five minutes to answer that, but we have hours and hours of content and study and money that we've put into this that we want to help deliver Really, really tangible takeaways for you as listening audience. That's some of the feedback we got from you. And so over the next 15 episodes, we're going to see if you really like it. So enjoy that. Um, Today, uh, we're going to be kind of doing our normal thing. Um, And that's okay because once every four or five episodes, we're going to have a kind of a timeline-based approach where we're going to talk about recent headlines, talk about products and talk about things like the NBA Summer League, which is all we talk about in our podcast today. Um, so really excited about it. Really excited about the transformation of the podcast. Guys, you have helped Break Your Culture Weekly become something I did not ever think it would become. So thank you for that. Thank you for supporting it. Um, we are adding one other element to the podcast, and this is important because the missing component of a podcast, in my per, my, my view, my perspective, is a community side of it and when you read a blog when you're in a forum it's it's really nice to feel part of the community and so when you're when you're when you're listening on the podcast you don't necessarily have that it's not real easy to replicate that type of environment so we worked hard to figure out the best way to do that and during our month-long sabbatical here we we came to the conclusion that we needed to add a mobile component, a mobile-based community platform. And the best one that fit really our needs is an app called FlickChat. And we got to talk with some of the guys over there that helped found the company and helped found the app and run run all the marketing over there. And it, it just it fits us really, really well. And if you look in the show notes, you're going to see a direct link to the FlickChat Breaker Culture community. They have an iOS Apple app. They have an Android app. Um, they have an app for your Palm OS. Actually, I'm kidding. There, I don't even know that exists anymore. Um, but go download the app and and join our community. And you're going to find direct link to all of our podcast episodes. You're going to be able to talk about topics, create topics, communicate on topics, share links, and be more in tune 
with the breaker culture community. And I think over the next season, this is going to become very important. So um, please do us a favor and join there. And again, we always appreciate your feedback. This is another great way to give us feedback. Um, so enjoy and absolutely enjoy this episode, episode 60 with Shani and I. If you're not really interested in the NBA Summer League or, or learning how to invest in NBA players or our takes in that regard, you can probably skip the middle part of the, the podcast. The first 15 minutes we talk about Bowman Platinum Baseball, Stadium Club Baseball, a little bit of youth sports. In the last 10 minutes, we talk about some of the recent headlines uh, from ESPN. So enjoy the episode, download the app, and enjoy season three. It's been uh, it's been a long month. I feel like this is getting to be unfortunate, and the, maybe the only consistency is that this is how we start each podcast lately. You're right. You're right. Well, <laughs> well the the uh, fortunate reality in this case is this is a uh, this is season three kickoff. You know, we took a break between season two and season three, so we get a little bit of a break for that. I, I pardon you. you know? And the summer, and our kids are doing fun stuff, and we're getting them off to it. And yeah. you had a kid. I mean, little things. Little things. <laughs> Literally. Um, so, what's been the big thing for you guys as a family? Sports? You guys, baseball? So, my kids have both turned away from baseball a bit. My older has really started to focus on basketball entirely. Yeah. And my younger guy has basically started to realize, like, man, maybe sports aren't for me. Or, He's, he's asking about it, some individual sports, and he may get the opportunity to experience those. Right. But he's more, he's more of the uh, left brain kid in this, in this family. <laughs> but uh, no, the truth is the summers for us are kicked off by the kids going to the stay away overnight summer camp mm. that both my wife and I went to, uh, my mother and Jenny's parents and our grandparents all my kids are basically the fourth generation in Squirrel Hill, Pittsburgh to go wow. to the same summer camp. So they're off for a whole month away. It's only about an hour and a half drive south of Pittsburgh, but there's no talking. Like there's no there's no phone calls. There aren't even supposed to be texts or emails uh, because anything with a screen apparently is is banned. Love it. However without telling us. And I remember we were walking out of the house to take the kids to the bus for the first day of camp. And uh, on our way out the door, Jenny says to both kids, where's your phone? Dove told her where his phone was. Sev told her where his phone was. And when we came back, she checked. Dove's phone was where he said it was. Zev's was not. So my 12-year-old has his phone at camp against the rules. But it's been great because we've been, you know, a couple texts each night. How, how was your day? What's going on? What's the news? So to be honest with you, I don't mind him breaking that rule. <laughs> and I, 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 and I'm that guy that you know hesitated wanting my kids to have a phone or, or tech or, you know, want them to be more outdoorsy and have fun and be kids like 
what it was like to be a kid when I was a kid, you know, but mm-hmm. you can't, you can't keep fighting that every day. Mm-hmm. Today is today. It's not 30, 40 years ago. Right. That's funny. I, I, I'm assuming you went to camp when there was no cell phones, so you didn't, yeah. but, but I, I could, I could absolutely, no email. S- not yeah. even just cell phones. There was no email back then. You were faxing your parents. Did you guys slip to the fax machine? Or I'm pa- not sure pager? I knew what a fax machine was, to be honest. <laughs> I was sending smoke signals, dude. There you go. That's the funny. truth is, what I was doing was not thinking about my parents one bit. Yeah, <laughs> and just right. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Which is, I guarantee you what my kids are doing. Yeah, Zeb texts us because he can. But Dove doesn't have his phone, and he's the younger one, and he we haven't heard peep out of him. Hmm. Other than a postcard every three or four days saying, please send me this. You know, whether it's silly putty or water balloons or, you know, it's just literally the entire postcard it's not hi how you guys doing love you miss you it's please send blank wow uh i can't imagine how it feels to have no kids in the house i mean what what do you do with all your free time you know i honestly have been quite bored at times (laughs) you buy more cards way more (laughs) you need to to do some sort of Data analysis and figure out how much more you spend because your kids leave oh, the house. I, I mean, it started, they left right around when the mega boxes were out. Oh, wow. And I went nuts. I bought way too much of that stuff. At least you could find it. Yeah, I could find it. Um, and then, you know, a little of the stadium clubs just kind of still going, but just started. And now Bowman Platinum came out today. Mm. So uh, there's been a retail thing out there for me to latch on to. And uh, it's dangerous. Quite. I'm glad there's no new basketball because then it would be ridiculously dangerous. <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. In years past, I've hated when they've left. I love my kids. I miss them every day when they're gone. And I still miss them. But I think because my older one is... And during puberty and the hormone rages have started and things have, you know, kind of started to change in this house. I think we all needed a break and it was great for them to go and it was great for us to have this time. And we only have a couple weeks left and we're kind of trying to relish it as much as possible. So during the days and especially on weekends, it can be a little boring, but basically every night we've taken a walk and we live only a couple of blocks from like the main shopping bar restaurant area of our neighborhood. So we take a walk and hit up a different restaurant each night and hang out. And it's been amazing. I'm jealous. I am absolutely yeah, I, jealous. I would be. <laughs> <laughs> yes. On the flip side for us, I mean, you know, I, I coach two teams of baseball. Yeah. And now we're, we're in 12U and we're in 9U. So that's 12 and under, 9 and under. Right. And, t- you know, I mean, tw- 12 and under is pretty darn competitive. Oh, yeah. You know, like that. I mean, that's you playing all major league rules. You're doing you're doing just about everything you're used to seeing in major league baseball, you know, uh, yeah. outside of like double switches and all that random stuff. But right. it's intense. You're doing shifts and you yeah, know, I mean, you're, you're doing everything. You're managing a team. And it's a long, grueling season. We had, uh, we just finished this up, and this is one of the main reasons we couldn't record any episodes on my end, was we had 28 total games in 35 days. I mean, that just sounds like torture. It's, I mean, it's like, it's 
it's like a freaking major league schedule. And it all it it was consolidated because of rain, rainouts we had. We had a ton oh, of rain here in the yeah. Midwest, and so it pushed everything kind of together. But I mean, by the end last week, we were just so beat from baseball. But you take two weeks off, and all of a sudden it's like, wait, when does fall ball start? Let's get back at this. It It was it was exactly that kind of double edged sword when I experienced it with my kids, and I don't miss baseball so much. But you know, once in a while, I'll drive by a ball field around here and see the young kids playing, and think, man, that is that is fun. If I could just do it like once a week, like basketball is, or twice a week, you know, yeah, that level of commitment gets to be crazy sometimes, especially at this age. You know, yeah. I know it'll get more intense as the kids get older. Mm-hmm. But, uh, for yeah. sure, and we we can talk a little bit about this. We have some really fun topics set up for season three, and just so folks know, we're doing a little bit different in season three. So we're going to record about fifteen episodes and lay them out every week. We're going to release them the same day every week for the next three months. But one of them that I haven't told you about, Shanice, I was thinking, I've, I realized this year how sports card collecting, specifically baseball card collecting, can be leveraged as a coach. And Ooh. a lot of, I wouldn't say a lot, three or four different things I did this year with sports cards that not only helped kind of drill a point home, but also helped develop some new collectors. I'm excited to talk about it. That I, sounds like a really interesting topic. I yeah. can't wait to hear. I mean, I, my kids have kind of waxed and waned as far as their interest. Mm-hmm. So what I like about it as a father is, what kind of you know maybe learning from you what kind of things I can be doing with my kids to kind of keep their interest going in the hobby. Yeah, because uh, I've definitely lost them at times. It basically just runs in waves. Yeah. I'm kind of with you for sure because our, our our kids are seasonal, I guess cyclical with sports. We don't we're not as much into basketball, unfortunately, because we don't have height right. in our family, so they stick to baseball. How do we? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we didn't intend to talk about youth baseball this podcast, but or, or ourselves this much. Yeah, come on. We're, so we're we're catching up with each other as much as we are with the listening audience. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, so look, I, I think today. Well, before we get into the summer league, because I, I know we both want to talk about the NBA summer league, it's kicked off yesterday, and there's some players that you and I have earmarked that we should be watching, that listeners should be watching. Let's talk about the products you mentioned earlier. So we got Stadium Club that came out what three weeks ago, something like that, yeah. Um, and then we have Bowman Platinum that came out this week. It's still right. coming out as we as we talk here. What? Um, yeah, I would say with Bowman Platinum, there are going to be more stores that don't have it yet than those that do. Okay. Because yeah. it's a Walmart exclusive retail only, so keep that in mind. Right. Yeah. So what is the um, – there's three different SKUs, right, for right. Platinum. Correct. It's kind of the same. So you've got fat packs that are five ninety eight. That's kind of expensive for a fat pack, to be honest with you, yep. especially one that's retail only. You've got blasters that are your typical nineteen ninety nine. And then for a mere $80, you've got those kind of monster boxes, which guarantee two autographs. No okay. guarantee of content in either the Fat Packs or Blasters, as always is the case. Okay. Um, but yeah. And it's that same size of a monster box as you've seen recently that seemed to be the, the wave um, as as Gypsy Queen, as Heritage all this year has been those kind of bigger boxes that stick out on the shelves 
even Prism were kind of the same size. Right. Basketball. What is it? So, what are you thinking with Walmart's receiving? Are they receiving one or two of them of the mega boxes? So I don't think so. I, I was at a Walmart that I don't know if it's categorized this way. Mm-hmm. But you know how there's super Walmarts, there's your regular Walmarts, and then there's some Walmarts that are kind of smaller in size. I don't okay. know if they're called Express or anything like that, but I know that this Walmart in particular is one of those smaller Walmarts that gets less content and flat out doesn't get certain things because it's just smaller. For example, they didn't have any stadium club come their way at all. And as far as the Bowman Platinum, they got the fat pack thing in the middle of that tray full completely blasters were actually more there were more blasters than could fit in that tray Hmm. and one two three four five there were at least six that i could see of the monster boxes and again that was just a small store now it could be that every walmart regardless of size is getting exactly the same content and the same quantity or it could be and if that store got that much, I can't even imagine what a a super center is going to get. Right. So it remains to be seen. I haven't been to a larger. I, I intend to run over to a larger one tonight just to check it out and see for myself. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see, obviously. I'm not going to go crazy. I'm going to buy a little bit more. I know I will because it's just something different to do. And we obviously have a handful of guys to chase. And Guerrero Tatis, obviously Pete Alonso is just going gangbusters right now in the secondary market. Um, but Bowman Platinum isn't exactly a product that, you know, you've got to hit big to win low. It's not a great product for the secondary market. Well, and it's and it's one you need to sell almost immediately. This is not one you hold for value because it's guaranteed to lose value over, over the long term. Right, and so the, Guaranteed. the three yeah. the three names you just mentioned: Alonzo, Tatis, Guerrero, and then the fourth, Eloy Jimenez. Those are short right. printed rookies, right? Those four are in fact short printed. I don't know what I, that means. I don't think it means much. From what I was reading I, today, it looks like they're popping up pretty frequently. I mean, a little less frequently than others, but they're popping up quite a bit. Put it to you this way: I bought three fat packs and one blaster. I pulled a Guerrero out of my blaster. And out of one of my fat packs. So having bought very little, I already have two. Now, I will say in the same breath, I didn't pull one of any of the other guys. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm sorry. I apologize. I did get one Alonzo. There you go. Looks like Guerrero's selling for about 10 and Alonzo's selling for about 12. So, not, it's yeah, that, that's just going to that's gonna be cut in half in three days, so... About four hours. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> After the next 10 people get their uh, Bowman Platinum. Yeah, I mean, by tonight, there's going to be uh, who knows how many listed, but you know it's going to grow exponentially. Right. So What I don't like it's about— It's not just about selling day one. It's also about having your stuff up first. Oh, for sure. For sure. Something like this. Um, I, I do like the, the insert autos. I just don't like the fact that the— the platinum autos are prospect autos, not rookie autos. The, the for some Junior. reason, I have to say, I, I don't know this for sure. I did look at the checklist when I saw that it was there on the shelves. Rather than grabbing at it real quick, I wanted to peek at the checklist. Mm-hmm. And I want to. St- am I wrong to say that there are some rookie autos? 
Um, that is a good question. I think they're not. Well, I think, aren't they like renowned rookie autos? So they're actually, I don't think they're true rookie autos. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, it's like an insert. It's an insert set. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. I'm, I'm fairly certain. Yeah. It's only, it's only prospect autos with, with Bowman platinum. Um, so anyway, I mean the, the checklist itself is pretty nice, but. They're prospect autos, so they don't carry as much value. But again, the platinum cut, the platinum presence, you know, the prolific power, those are those are pretty sweet looking cards. So I can see the Wander Franco and those guys. Yep. I mean, to get a prolific power auto of Wander Franco, it's one in fifteen thousand packs. <laughs> so you can you can imagine those things are gonna be going for crazy amounts of money. So there, there's the upside. Yeah, it's it's gonna. I mean, it's gonna be enormously difficult. But you're right that there will be some upside there. There is an interesting short uh, sub autograph checklist called the Gallery Preview that has Judge Kershaw, Ripken, Altuve, Chris Bryant, Ken Griffey Jr., Ooh. Mike Trout, Acuna, Otani, and Molina. Wow, I mean that's pretty darn solid i mean i i I say this about stadium club to some extent about uh bum and platinum i don't understand why there isn't greater secondary market love Mm -hmm. stadium club is on weak cardstock and it's just billed and always has been billed as a lower end product but the images and i'm not saying anything anyone doesn't know they're in my opinion, legit the best images in all of the hobby, regardless of sport. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand how they don't go for more. There are some cards out there in Stadium Club every year that I would be more interested in seeking than any other. Now I'm happy I get to get I get to possess them for less, but I don't understand it. Platinum less so, but when you look at a checklist like that, it's a little surprising that people walk by it on the shelves. I mean, the opportunity to pull some of those guys, not to mention Ken Griffey Jr., is like everybody wants one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, Wander Franco, Guerrero, Tatis, all these. I mean, we, we've mentioned the names. I don't have to repeat them. But, um, yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe this year is a little different and we're just anticipating what we've seen to be the case with Platinum for a number of years in a row. What so, so I didn't look into Stadium Club enough to know, but what do you lose between retail and hobby in Stadium Club? Club, do you do you know? I actually don't. I mean, I, I could tell you that I, there are a couple of things. Obviously, um, super factors. I'm not going to know everything. Yeah, I'm not going to know everything because I really don't do hobby other than grabbing the Pirates and a couple of group breaks. Right. But yeah, you lose the. I know for sure the super factors, the which I think are not. Solid super factors. They're the gold minted, or maybe I'm wrong about that. Um, the, I actually think I am wrong. There's there's a gold minted parallel chrome refractor mm-hmm. that I believe is hobby only, but now I'm really second guessing myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, there is a chrome super fractor hobby only. There's a gold rainbow okay. foil board. Which is hobby only. Oh, there you go. That was what I was confusing. And then yeah. there's a gold minted refractor that's different. 
Correct. Chrome gold minted is one per case, and I'm assuming right. that's okay. hobby. Black and white base parallels hobby only as well. Uh, I have not seen one of those yet, and other than in a break, I haven't seen it up close. Yeah. Um, but even that, I, I pulled a few gold minted last year. That's a case hit. I pulled a few of those out of retail. I, I, they wouldn't go. That's crazy. It just it blows my mind. I mean, this year may be different. Obviously, if you're dealing with the top of the top subjects that are the most sought after, they're going to sell. But I think generally speaking, it's fair to say you're going to be surprised for how much lower they'll sell compared to other products. Yeah. No, I, I get it. Yep. I'm not comparing it to, you know, I don't know. Uh, Bowman. Escaping right now. Thank you. Oh, no, I was trying to think of like a super higher end product. Like, like a Topps Finest or even a Chrome, I think is, yeah. Yeah, and even beyond that, there's products like um, Tier One or Triple Threads, yeah, yeah. Yep. Buzam, whatever. Right. I'm not going there. I just still think to myself, if I want one base rookie card, yeah, I want the one that's going to be the most valuable according to the hobby. Right. But I also look for what card do I think looks the best that I want to be able to one day look at myself and say man that car is just sweet year after year stadium club is it and i just don't i'll never understand why it doesn't garner more attention so yeah and we, we talked about this a little bit i mean but what what do you think needs to be done because I, I i'm with a good belief question. that i don't think that can be fixed it's kind of like the debate we had with basketball with prism versus optic it yeah. doesn't matter how much we think optics should be worth more and how Little value people put on like the uh, you know the hollows versus right. you know the prism silvers. silvers. It does it doesn't matter. Like the hobby has already decided that top stadium club is going to be a budget product. Yeah. So you're probably right, and my thoughts may not be enough to change the product's perception as far as I would like it to change. So let me say that first. I mean. I would like it to change more dramatically than I think it's possible. However, if Tops were to invest a little bit more on the stock that they print this product on, because mm -hmm. it's pretty weak. And yes, they added Chrome content a few years back, and maybe they can go a little bit further with that, right? So the bottom line is not being a printer, not knowing too much about different papers and different technologies that are involved in printing. Mm -hmm. But knowing enough about cards, we know that they can take the printing of, of the product further and then make it snazzier. Right. And then the other thing is, is I, and I, I absolutely kind of hate saying this, <laughs> but it's true. They would have to charge more and bring it out at a different time of the year. Right. Right. We all know in our, in the back of our mind, like, all right, the beginning of the season is kind of the lower-end product. And, yeah, I'm going to have lower-end products to choose from throughout, but it's more front-loaded, and mm -hmm. the higher-end products are more mid- to late-season loaded. And, again, I know you're always going to have a choice of kind of both, but the bulk is going to be flip-flopped, right? You're going to have a bulk of your low-to-mid-end up front and the bulk of your mid-to-high-end, mid-to-late-season. Yep. Again, that they would just have to throw Stadium Club rather than in June, somewhere in August or September. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so those three things, 
put some money into the printing, maybe add some content. Um, and by the way, when I say that, I don't mean add relics because I like that there's none. I like it. I like that it's just cards, great images, autographs, and and some Chrome content. It does. I don't. I don't need white napkin relics. Right. That. Exactly. No. I. I think this to me is what this is what we should be pushing our kids to. This is what young collectors should be getting excited about. Because I remember as a kid, this is what I got excited about, and this is what really, I guess, created I agree more. created the excitement for being a collector. When when kids flip through a card like this, through a product like this, what is what is happening? They're what they're seeing are images that will convey different emotions of the game. Right. The the most important to me being just that emotion of joy that you see on the faces of some of these players in these images. Hmm. Now there's more than that. There's other stuff as well, but. It's fun to watch some, not even just a kid, by the way. Even my wife, I handed her a stack of base cards from Stadium Club just to sift through because I wanted to see her reaction. And, you know, she did it begrudgingly. She didn't want to. I, I had to kind of force her to in a way. Like, I'm not interested in your cards. Come on, stop. Don't bother me with this stuff. <laughs> I said, please, just humor me for a second. Just just rifle through like 50 of these real quick. Mm-hmm. And after like the third or fourth card, she was like, oh, this is different. This is something totally different, <laughs> you know? And she's seen a lot of my cards and a right. lot of different products, you know, but this one really stopped her in her tracks. There's something special about this product. That's why we've been talking about a low-end product that has barely any real secondary market value to speak of, mm-hmm. and, and, we're, and we're dissecting it this much. I'd love to hear what people out there think. Do they agree? Do they disagree if they disagree why do you, do you dislike the artistic photography do you dislike um the idea of changing a product that you've become accustomed to just being lower end and that's okay mm-hmm. maybe it is okay um i just personally love the look so much of these cards uh dude i i totally agree uh i'd be curious to know not just not just people's thoughts on the product, but I'd be curious to know because there are people that do well. You know, they they found ways to kind of make make ends meet with a product like this. Like, share your thoughts. Help the rest of the community yeah. kind of know what you've learned from flipping and trying to garner some some resemblance of ROI with a product like Stadium Club. Um, be really curious. It, it, yeah, go ahead. All, sorry, all I was going to say is, and the truth is, you know. Not everyone can be a seller. Mm-hmm. The hobby's sustenance does have to rely on some people collecting. You know, so maybe this is one of those products that even for the guy that sells most of what he brings in, that this product is a little bit more of one that he collects. Right. Uh, I, I'm just throwing that out there. I know I end up building a set of stadium clubs for myself every year. And there's not another product that I do that with, mm-hmm. not one. Um, so maybe that's it. I don't know. I'm just throwing things out there. But I agree with you. There's there's a lot more info that we can be getting from the listening audience to kind of help us wrap our heads around this particular topic. Sure, sure. Uh, which is the perfect segue for me to, to remind people. I'm going to say this in the intro. But uh, we do have a new community. Uh, we're using an app called Flick Chat. 
where Breaker Culture will have your own community. And we, for each of our podcasts that come out, you guys can go and communicate, talk, chat, share things through the Flick Chat community. I'll put a link in the show notes, but uh, a good chance for a good opportunity for us to kind of put questions out there and for you guys to participate. So look for more info on that. Uh, I was looking at while you're talking here. So it's crazy because June 25th, um, Vladimir Guerrero's short print rookie, number 301, top stadium club, was going for over 80 bucks. And today, a week later, it's going for $8. <laughs> what? Isn't that crazy? It's that, nuts. That's so crazy. Yeah. I, I bought a fair amount of stadium club and only pulled one of them. So they are truly SP. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, they're not I'm considered. I'm glad a, I held that one. Yeah, for sure. Well, they're not. I don't think they're considered image variations, right? Because they do have an image variation, right? For like fifty players, base, or whatever. But I think he has a base card that's SP and an image variation. No, I don't think he has an image oh, variation. Oh, am I wrong? Yeah, I, I don't think he has an image variation. Um, in fact, I'm pretty sure he doesn't. But I haven't, I haven't been paying attention. I know Tatis has one. I know Eloy Jimenez has one, but I don't think. Now, Alonzo has one. Yeah, he doesn't have one. Okay. Uh, so, anyway. Cool. All right. Well, let's let's shift gears a little bit, man. Are you, are you cool with uh, talking a little bit yeah, about NBA Summer League? All right. I'm excited to real quickly tell you about uh, something my family and I believe in wholeheartedly, and that is the water we drink. We drink a lot of water in my house. And for years, we had drank uh, Brita water filters or any household filter or bottled water, even tap water in certain cases. And I didn't think twice about it. Um, it wasn't until I came across Berkey water filters about a year and a half to where I knew, my goodness, I have not been doing a good job of getting pure water to my family. Um, and so I cannot recommend enough Berkey filters. It's incredibly simple to use, very economical. Um, you just put this big gallon of water, um, this big filtration system right next to your sink, and you fill it from the top, and it holds 3,000 gallons uh, over the course of a year before you have to change the filter. And it's so stinking simple to use. And when you look at what it filters out, it'll blow your mind. Look at the scientific studies that it compares it to. It filters out everything, everything through its patented absorption technology. It's just, it's incredibly cool. People take it out to the woods and to the cabins and they filter out the dirtiest water you can imagine and then it becomes drinkable instantaneously. Uh, you can put dye in water and you can dump that colored water into the filtration system. It's going to come out pure, crystal clear water. Um, Mind-blowing the stuff that it gets out that we were just consuming inside of our house and I'm sure you're consuming inside of your house. Best part about it is I reached out to them and I said, hey guys, I'm such a believer. Can, is there something we can do to help get a discount to my listeners? And they said, yeah, use coupon code BREAKERCULTURE. We'll give your guys 5% off your first order. Um, again, I cannot recommend it enough. I know it's $300 for the system we got, um, but it has been absolutely worth it and I cannot recommend it enough. Get good water in front of your family. Get good water in front of yourself. You will not regret it. Back to the show.
So it, it obviously it kicked off yesterday. Do you happen to watch any any games? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Well, so for folks that don't know, I mean, it kicked off for eight teams yesterday. Officially, it kicks off, I think, on Monday of next week. There were four games yesterday that if you're interested in catching some highlights, you can go and do that. But right. the real bulk of it's going to be this coming week. Correct. The Salt Lake City, California is from July 1st to July 3rd. Um, and that includes the San Antonio Spurs. That includes the Grizzlies, the Lakers, the Warriors, the Cavaliers, the Jazz, the Heat, and the Kings. Um, July fifth through the fifteenth, when the big, big, big boys play, and really everything else happens, which I can't wait to see. I'm super excited, but that doesn't mean yesterday and the next two days don't have any really important players to watch. What What are you most looking forward to at the summer league? Interesting question, because the truth is, it's going to stifle some people, even though this is an important topic and we love talking both NBA and, and, and its effect on the hobby. Mm. Um, there are some particular players that I know that, you know, could be on the cusp of making teams or at least showcasing themselves enough that, you know, they get signed by another team that always excites me. Uh, and then there's, you know, a short list of guys that you, you asked me to think about what's, what's a, what's a short list of, particular guys, rookies, who are worth watching that are not named Zion. Okay. Right? Let, let me stop you there. Let's um, let's be specific here because uh, you went to some of these games last year. And yes. you also – you got to see some players that you left thinking, hmm, I want to collect on these guys. And then they didn't really – it didn't really influence their, I guess, hobby status. What did you learn from That's last year's – from last year's – Two or three days you spent at the summer league. What'd you learn, kind of Great heading question. into this? Yep. Yeah. So, you can go to a summer league game or just watch it from the comfort of your home, and be just wowed by a particular player. It could be a rookie. It could be a second year guy that didn't get much playing time in his rookie year. Um, it could be a European free agent signing or even a college free agent signing that you weren't aware of and you never heard the name before and you're like, oh, whoa, I, I can see some talent there <laughs> <clears throat> and get excited. You know, for me, there, there are a couple of names that stick out um, from last year, like a Josh Hart, mm-hmm. MVP of the league. Um, you have to keep in mind what you know about that particular team's regular season roster and opportunity for that given player relative to his position. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about a point guard for Golden State, how's he going to see the floor behind Steph Curry and D'Angelo Russell this year? Yeah, he might have gotten some playing time and looked good, but temper your hopes and don't necessarily jump to the conclusion that you need to buy 10 of his rookies right now. So you really just, I think more than anything, do your homework a bit about what is going on with that particular team. What are their needs? And is that player that piqued your interest, fill the need and going to have an opportunity. Um, I think a good example is, you know, rookies or free agent signings or second year guys for the wizards. I mean, John wall is going to be on his second you know, season out for injury. Bradley Beal's 
really getting much better, but he's still just one guy. And you're looking at an opportunity in Washington where people are going to be able to make a name for themselves coming really out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I think that's a good example. I don't need to give you more examples than that, but I think uh, that hopefully answers your question. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I think um, I think there's a couple good points in there. I think one, I think you're right. It's it's not necessarily, it's not so much about the teams in the NBA Summer League. They're because these right. aren't these aren't going to be teams that you necessarily care about. This is not the actual Warriors. This is a couple players that might make the team. Right. I think what you have to look out for is you have to see which players, even if they're not going to play for another year or two, which players stand out enough for you to want to invest low and hold for the next year or two. Cause there's obviously going to be the guys like Zion Williamson and Michael Porter and those guys who are the big boys who we know they're going to make a huge splash in the NBA. But the guys like Josh Hart, you saw that he can dominate in the summer league and you now know you could have invested over the last year. You got some really good prices, and who knows? Maybe that was the your your opportunity to figure out that was the right investment for yourself. Very good point. You're not beating anyone to the punch with the top ten guys. Yep. And actually, I might have to restate that: the top five guys. <laughs> yeah. Because right. I, really, because I think this is a very top-heavy year for rookies. It's not very deep. Yep. And even though you and I, who are, you know, college and pro enthusiasts, and we know a little bit more than the average Joe when it comes to these rookies coming out and being drafted, um, there's some talent, but that talent isn't necessarily this year in particular well known and creating headlines. So there are guys that were late lottery guys that not pe- people aren't talking about. Yep. And we might know who they are. Some of you guys out there that are real big basketball enthusiasts know who they are. And that might be, you know, a, a unique opportunity in a year like this. But, um, you know, going even deeper and not forgetting about the second-year guys that maybe didn't play much last year, even right. third-year guys, Yep. and making long-term plans. I, I think your point is, is a very, very good one. Yeah, so um, – and we're going to do a deeper dive into kind of our top 50 prospects, NBA, and all that stuff in the coming weeks. But uh, let's just go ahead and break down our top five guys to watch. And then to watch can mean anything, right? It doesn't necessarily mean to invest in, but for me, I kind of think of it in terms of I want to watch guys that I would potentially invest in. Um, you have five guys ready to go. You do you have them in order? I have five in order with three backups, just in case you steal any. Oh, okay, you want to start with your number five? My number five is well, it's going to sound a bit counterintuitive because he's a top three pick, but John Morant is just so exciting to me. <laughs> For the hobby's sake, I know I'm not beating anyone to the punch. I'm just so excited to watch this kid play. Mm -hmm. And we just talked about opportunity. The fact that Memphis traded away Mike Conley to very clearly give this kid the starting position if he wants it and he, you know, can grab it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the the funny thing about the summer league is he can lose that starting job in the summer league. Right. um, But it's his to lose. And he, at the same time, 
I don't want to see any of these guys that I might mention here or the top, top names get hurt. I already said that, but it bears repeating. Um, so, yeah, John ja, ja Morant's my number five. I did completely think about hobby, value, and impact when I made this list. Mm-hmm. That's why he's not number one, even though he's a top three pick, because the four guys ahead of him have more potential growth and space between your entry level of investment and right. return. Right. Got it. Okay. Number five, Morant. Didn't even make my top five, so that's good. Uh, my number five is Nikhil Alexander Walker, guard out of Virginia Tech with the Pelicans. Uh, didn't get a chance to play much last year because of an injury, but lottery pick. I mean, the guy is uber talented. I watched him a lot, a lot of his highlights throughout the year uh, and high school highlights. I, I'm super excited about this kid. So I'm going to be watching the Pelicans. There's a lot of reasons to watch the Pelicans, <laughs> obviously. But oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's, I think Zion being on the Pelicans is only going to help Alexander Walker's. Uh, it's going to help everyone. On his value. Pelicans, yeah. It's going to help sure. everyone. For sure. Um, Pelicans just went from worst to first when it comes to. Watchability. Break. Hot, well, no. <laughs> you that too. But when it comes to group break. PYT hobby price. No joke. They yeah. just went from worst. They were legit bottom three cheapest teams every year yep. for the past five years. And they are just nosebleed. Yeah. Over. Well, and it's funny. One of my backup guys that I had was Jackson Hayes out of Texas, the 6'10 power forward they grabbed. Um, so, but anyway, um, number four. Who's your number four? My number four is. It's a lottery pick, but and I'm not even. I can't believe I'm not sure how to pronounce this, but Ryu Hachimura. Hachimura, yeah, exactly. Same reason I just mentioned Washington a moment ago. It was with him in mind. Um, he's legit gonna have an opportunity to step in as a rookie and be their number two. Yeah, like day one. I'm not saying he will. He does have a lot of talent. He has a nose for the rim. Um, I like his game. I think anybody coming out of Gonzaga is going to have a high basketball IQ, mm-hmm. which you got to love for a kid that's going to be given this level of an opportunity. Um, I think a lot of the sports pundits were surprised that they that that Washington grabbed him this high. I think he was projected further down into like the middle of the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's you know I. Like Morant, he's not exactly a guy that's escaping many people. Other than the fact that Washington's one of those teams, like the Pelicans, who've been really cellar dwellers as far as price and content, if you will, in NBA products in the past few years. Right, So he's going to be one of these guys that's worth going and grabbing this team. Yep. Um. By the way, I should have mentioned this a second ago, but Ja Moran is likely out for the Summer League. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't. Um, is it because of injury? Um, yes. He had like some, I want to say either fluid or something loose in his knee that had to clean up. And he might make the tail end of the Summer League, but I think they announced. Honestly, there's like five guys that I just wish wouldn't even think about playing the Summer League. Agreed. Yep. Agreed. 
Um, all right, so your number four, got it. Hachimura, that's a really good pick. Uh, my number four is Dylan Windler. Um, another just super versatile, I think he's like 6'9", kid out of Belmont, um, can do everything. I remember really getting to know the kid during the March Madness, kind of the uh, two days where you watch every game, every highlight of every key player. Um, then I watched him play, and game changer for Cleveland. And uh, put up some pretty good stats yesterday in his first game, so I'm excited to see how he does today too. So I'm going to watch him closely. So that's my number four. Nice. Sounds like you went a little deeper than I did, by the way. It's as expected. Yeah. <laughs> um, although this guy would have been deeper if he was drafted where expected, kind of like Hachimura. And part of the reason I put him on my list is because I'm a homer. Oh, boy. And he started his college basketball career with the Pitt Panthers. Mm-hmm. And I was so upset to see him leave. Granted, it helped him enormously, both grow as an athlete and ball player and improve his stock because I don't think he would have been potentially not even drafted, let alone drafted as high as he went. But Uh Cam Johnson might be the best shooter coming out of college this year. Yep. Out of UNC, went to Phoenix, and... Just love the kid. He's such a – that's the other part of it. He's such a good kid. Mm-hmm. He's well-spoken. He's soft-spoken. He's smart. Um, there's a lot of reasons that he makes it very easy to like him and, hmm. and want to collect him. And I just really – I part of this is I really want him to do well. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the way Phoenix plays, not having – and this is, again, back to opportunity. You would think – the opportunity in Phoenix is limited because they seem to have so many individual scores and they just don't have enough size or um, defense. Cam Johnson's a bigger dude. He's not mm-hmm. a center, but he's a, he, he could play a bigger swing or solid on the low block if he could put on some weight. And he definitely looks like he has the kind of frame that could. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, most of their scoring comes from the slashing uh getting to the rim type of guy. Right. And he is just a pure outside shooter. And they don't have as much pure outside shooting that they really need. Yep. So. No, I think that's good. Not, I loved Kobe White's reaction when Cam Johnson got picked. Right. <laughs> 11. It was yep. one of the better moments of the draft. Um, yep. That's that's an awesome one. I love it. Um, my number three is is a guy named Terrence Mann out of Florence, uh, excuse me, Florida State. Um. I, I don't quite know what his role is going to be yet. He plays for the Lakers, by the way, so it'll be really, really fun to watch him fit in there. Um, I'm sorry, he plays for the Clippers. Uh, but he was just so stinking fun to watch at Florida State, and I watched him the last two years, and the dude the dude is so strong. Six, six foot six, six foot seven, small forward shooting guard, and... Again, that that's that kind of that hybrid role. You just don't know where yep. he fits on a team. So to, I'm really curious to see if he can find a role quickly and establish himself. So that's my number three. It's interesting that this league has become my, – my son is always asking me when we're talking about certain players, you know, what, what position does he play? And I think it's pretty easy to say when a guy's a point guard, he's a point guard. But for the most part, 
the rest of the positions on the floor in today's NBA are very fluid. Mm-hmm. And so guys like this guys like Terrence Mann, it's like a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. You really do have to be utilitarian. You have to be a, a multi-skilled and be able to flow within position and outside of your position, especially when playing defense. Right. However, when doing so in your progress as you're developing as a player, you could run the risk of falling between the cracks and not having enough of a focused skill set in a particular area on the floor. Right. So it's it's funny. It's just a blessing and a curse. And I love seeing these kind of guys do well because it's just so interesting to be able to watch a guy like that that you know, I mean, we're well we're well versed in this conversation today. It's not a new thing anymore for a guy like for guys like us that remember basketball when it was played very differently 20 years ago. Right. In the banging Charles Barkley and Patrick Ewing days, it's it's just so different. Mm-hmm. And so this is the kind of guy, I guess what I'm really saying that I appreciate where I can be the kind of curmudgeon when I'm watching my son's games saying ah, it's not all about the three pass more get to the hole play defense rebound yep you know it, right it's, uh, it, I, I guess in that way i'm a bit more of a uh, traditionalist and a fundamentalist but guys like this break me out of that mm. because it's fun to watch and uh yeah, I mean, I just think he, you know, as, as long as they can stay fundamental, and I think he is, that's probably why I like him. And that concludes Philosophical Takeaways oh. with Shanique Palace for the day. <laughs> my number two, or am I on number three? Yeah, I'm on number no, number, two. number two. Sorry. You're number two. DeAndre Hunter. Mm. Every opportunity, again... My my fo- my focus here, even though I already mentioned that I really was thinking about the hobby, but my focus was opportunity. Yep. So if you look at each of these guys that I'm mentioning, maybe Cam Johnson has the least. The rest of these guys could start day one. Yep. Um, actually, my number one guy is not going to start day one, but he's going to get a lot of minutes. His opportunity will be there. Yep. But uh, John Morant, Hachimura, and DeAndre Hunter certainly – have every opportunity in the world to start 82 games this season. Yeah, that that'll be so fun to watch DeAndre Hunter and Trey Young and John Collins and John Collins and yep. Hater. Oh my gosh, it's going to be so fun. Um my number 2 just mentioned him a second ago, Kobe White. Nice. I actually thought about putting him down. Yeah, and the thing with him is I wasn't a big fan of him in college. Oddly enough, I just didn't. I, you know why? Because his hair was so annoying. <laughs> wow. I, I, I love his hair, man. Come on. What are you talking? You're just jealous. You're jealous he has hair. Uh, That's right. I'm a baldy. Uh, I, I, he's just so uber talented yeah, that I think he's going to be one of those guys where, and there's so many of them where they were just underwhelming in college because the college game is too slow for their game. Right, And I think Kobe White's going to be one of those guys like a Russell Westbrook where he pops in the league and over the next two seasons, he has the potential to develop in someone super, super dynamic. And uh, I mean, it's hands down him and John Morant who own the point guard 
draft this year. Um, he, like John Morant, he's stepping into a starting role. It's correct. his job to lose. In Chicago, where, exactly. you know what, he could he could become the face of the franchise, and he looks like yep. the type of guy who wants to be the face of the franchise. Yeah. Which right. I love. I love. So he's my number two. At and least now, get some braids. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that'll come. <laughs> <laughs> um, and number one, cue the drum roll. <laughs> I went Homer again. I had to. All right, Romeo Langford. Wow. <laughs> I love. The, I love the fact <sighs> Kemba is coming to Boston. Boston just lost a lot of their players and Mm -hmm. they're going to have some holes in their minutes. Kemba is the kind of guy that can go the entire game and has. Yep. But he's not a young, I mean, he's still young in the grand scheme of things, but as far as his NBA career is concerned, he's not a spring chicken anymore. And the guy should not be playing 42 minutes a game in the regular season. Mm -hmm. So Langford is realistically their backup. Yeah. I mean, both Rozier and Kyrie are gone. Mm-hmm. So it's opportunity one. Yes, I already admitted it. It is certainly a homer pick because I really want to see this kid do well. Mm. Um, when's the last time we saw a kid out of Indiana really do well? Eric Gordon? Oh, no, sorry. Victor Oladipo was the last one. Far away. But still, that's, it's those two in the last – decade yeah from a from a storied university um it'd be nice to see another kid out of indiana do well his story is good i like him he's a little raw he definitely has some growth he's very raw yeah 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 more than a little raw yeah i mean that Um, that's the thing about him though i mean he was so highly touted so highly touted that i'm glad i'm glad boston took a shot on him I mean, to have perfect environment for him. Exactly, you said it. I mean, he's he's gonna have the opportunity to be to to grow and be led. Yep. In the right way. Yep. So um, he's probably maybe not deserving of being number one on this kind of list. No, I like but, it. That's a high risk, high reward type player. You know, he yeah enough upside in his stature as a player. You just never know. Yep. Um. Which leads me to my number one, and it's a absolute no-brainer to me. Michael Porter Jr. I knew it. That's why uh, I didn't take him. Well, and it's and like, look at this point, his values are going to be as low as they ever will be if the guy is anything like people are saying. There, I, I can't remember the un, this amount of hype behind one player entering his second year that has yet to log one minute. Well, I mean, Ben Simmons. Yeah, okay, yeah. I guess you could argue Ben Simmons had just as much hype. And even Um, Embiid. But I understand where you're coming from, and it doesn't take away from your point that you're talking about buying a guy low. mm -hmm. And have you looked at his, his, his hobby prices recently? He's still expensive. I'm talking about my, my, my yeah. point about Porter. I th- maybe I misunderstood your what you were saying, but it sounded like you were saying, you know, this is the time to buy low, and I agree with that. It is going to be the best opportunity to buy Michael Porter right now, 
yet it's still expensive. And that's just reflective of what kind of player people are expecting. Right. And and it's exciting. And this is – we're talking, by the way, we're talking about a team that was the one seed out of the West. Right. Exactly. <laughs> the, yeah. Well, so – the type of hype that we're seeing, I, I sent you a link the other day, and there's some. I mean, every Denver Nuggets blog is talking about Porter Jr. Yeah, but Jordan Jordan Davis, after one of the um, open gyms yesterday at summer league practice, they were he was asked a question about Michael Porter Jr. And he started laughing. He's like, "You kidding me? It's like watching NBA 2K. Like this guy is more of a real deal than I've ever seen." So I, I'm 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 so intrigued at this point after. Waiting this long, I, I cannot <laughs> wait to see this kid play. I can't either because I have like five thousand dollars in rookies. <laughs> no, actually, I don't have that much. But um, yeah, I, I think yeah, you're right. Prices are a little high, but like you said, they're reflective of the right. bottom, the bottom floor that people think this kid has. So. That's the craziest thing about it. I mean, Ben Simmons was pretty expensive. Embiid was really expensive and then had a really big dip because he went into a second season on the bench. Mm -hmm. But we know that Michael Porter is going to be playing. And if you just right now as you're listening to us talk about him, pull him up. Take a look. There's a few low, low-end products that you're going to get a decent card out of. If you, I mean, that you're going to get an autograph out of if you're willing to go low-end. Yeah. But if you're, I mean, you're not, you're not getting anything cheap. But just remember, it's not going to get cheaper. Correct. Right. Exactly. It's going up from here. It, all it takes is his game on Friday night, which yeah, Friday night, eight o'clock. Watch him play for the first time. If he just explodes for thirty, forget about it. Right. Forget about prices. <laughs> and that's just summer league. That right. happens the first week of the season. Right. Yeah. So Yeah, I, I, I made a I made a decision at one point when I had hit a fir- my first couple of MPJ autographs and low numbered rookies early in the eighteen nineteen collecting year and thought I could sell this for a decent profit, but I can hold. Yep. And what what would I have done if it was Ben Simmons? And what kind of mistakes did I make? Yeah. With ben Simmons. Well, I so th- so glad I held on to his stuff. No doubt. And the, the difference to me between Simmons and uh, Porter Jr. is that Porter Jr. basically won every possible award that you could win prior to college. I mean, the kid. The kid. The kid was a unanimous number one draft pick. And injury set it apart prior to the draft. Right. And right. We, we didn't quite have that type of hype around Simmons. So I think it, that's the, the difference. Um, which, by the way, we're going to talk about Simmons here in a minute. but Because uh, <laughs> he's uh, one of our top headlines here. His, oh, name, cool. his name popped up today. Um, but yeah, anyway. So they, I, I talk about MPJ enough. But yeah, he's my number one guy. I'm gonna watch, and he's a must see TV. That, uh, we're gonna be talking about MPJ a lot this year. Yeah, and maybe, cool. and I'm cool with that. Yeah, hopefully it's for a good reason. Um, you know, right. which which does bring up a good point. There there are three or four names too that have second year players who I'm yeah. pretty anxious to watch. Um, 
don't know if you have a couple of those names too, but like I, I'm really excited to watch a guy like Aaron Holiday. Um, I'm I'm excited to watch um, Greek Freak's brother Costas. I'm excited to get you know see him play a little bit for the Dallas Mavs. Uh, there's some guys that I think have a, ch- a chance, and I don't. I'm not quite sure how much some of the big names are going to play. I know a couple of those names are on the roster, like Bagley's on the roster, um, but they're not going to play much in the summer league this year. It's, it's not meant for them. I especially think that after watching KD go down the way he did, yep, a lot of teams are going to be really gun shy about letting their future run around in the summer. Yep. Agreed. I didn't think too much about second-year guys. Um, I had a couple of deeper picks just in case we overlapped. One of them was Kobe White, Cool. by the way. I just mentioned very quickly because this is really to benefit the listening audience in terms of you know potentially what to look for, who to watch. Bruno Fernando mm. out of Maryland, Atlanta, yeah. starting, you know. Maybe maybe coming off the bench for the early part of the season, but another guy where it's like his it's his opportunity to lose basically. Right. Um. And another guy out of Gonzaga, Brandon Clark, mm. Memphis. Similar situation. Yeah. I look at Memphis as a whole as a team to get really excited about. Mm-hmm. They just went. Basically, total youth. They're all like first, second, and third year players. Yep. Um, that could be a recipe for disaster on some occasions, but when they're clicking, I mean, that's just going to be a fun team to watch. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I totally agree. Totally agree. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. And one of the guys I wrote too was was Keenan Evans. I don't necessarily think he's going to be a game changer but I loved watching him play at Texas Tech a couple years ago it's kind of fun to see him pop up again with the Grizzlies where did he end up Grizzlies oh he's also in the great oh my god mm-hmm. yeah you got Avon Rab, you got Javon Carter who did decently well last year um what's a knob day he surprisingly did well in terms of value yeah. last year yeah you know you, you could put his I mean, stuff I, up and I, it would sell I don't know for sure but yeah, I don't know for sure, but I have to imagine that there was a Japanese following. Right. You would, you would assume. And yeah. I, I wonder if that's going to be the case for Hachimura, being that he's not actually from Japan. Right. But Watanabe was, so, you know, you had that factor right. going for him. Right. So are we going to spend some time talking about some of this craziness of free agency and trades going on? I think we're going to save it. Let's save it. We're saving it. Yeah, we're gonna save it. We're we're an hour plus. Let's uh, let's quickly touch on the headlines for today, and uh, let's do it. Let's, let's do go. It. All right, I'm gonna run through these fast. Um, the most unfortunate news of the week, and in a long time, Angels pitcher Tyler Skaggs dies at 27. How? Did you have you not heard this? No. Where have you been the last 24 hours? Oh my God! What happened? They found him dead in his hotel room yesterday before the game. They canceled the game. Drugs? They have not. They did not sense any foul play. Didn't think it was suicidal. So they're trying. I mean, they always say that, you know, the onset. But I mean, there are a couple of other things that could happen that 
really are not foul play, like a PE, a pulmonary embolism Mm -hmm. that can happen at any age and athletes can be susceptible to it. Um, Wow. Yep. I'm so – wow. Yep. Not cool. That was a guy that was drafted with Mike Trout. And oh, they, wow. they were roommates together th- you know, throughout their minor league journey. So kind of put things in perspective, 27 years old. Um, Horribly sad. Yeah. Super bummed, man. It, it was just – just seeing it yesterday just kind of put a damper on the day. Just right. like, gosh, this is just not cool. Um, okay. Next. Sources say 76ers are going to offer Ben Simmons the $170 million max deal. Okay, duh. <laughs> Do you think so? Is he worth the I mean, max? It's not a question of is his talent worth it anymore. It's really not about talent alone when you were talking about this guy. Hmm. He is the face of this city now and the franchise, obviously. Talent-wise, it's not like – I think the expectations might have been a little bit too ridiculous and he hasn't reached them as fast as people would expect. I don't think he's a bad player. I just don't think he's everything people thought he was going to be. Mm-hmm. I think he's still good and he's still fun to watch. And and the Sixers still have a chance to do some pretty great things. Mm-hmm. And he may be a big reason why they achieve certain certain things in years to come. Um, I'm not nearly as down on Ben Simmons as a lot of people seem to be. Yeah, well, it's unfortunate that $170 million does not seem abnormal anymore. And so to oh, me, when boy. I see that, I think, you know what? That, okay, fine. It's Ben Simmons. Why not? Even if it's top 20 player, you give him $170 million over you know five years. You do it. So to me, that that's no I brainer. completely agree with. And it brings – I mean I would love to kind of right now agree to schedule for a future episode <laughs> a, a, you know, a slot, slot a certain amount of time for a, a more philosophical, philosophical conversation about – how ridiculous you know we're modern day Rome in terms of how we look at our athletes right I agree with you entirely well I mean just to put things in perspective you got you got Tobias Harris on his team on a five-year 180 million dollar contract right Ben Simmons is going to make 10 million dollars you know less over over five years to two million bucks less a year uh, than Tobias Harris which is maybe fair I don't know Tobias is pretty good average 20 a game but that to me, well, I mean, him. not not that long ago, we talked about Tobias Harris being on the starting five of the most underrated in the league. True, very true. Which he very much is. Yep, yep. So. Okay. All right. Um, now I'm really curious to hear your take on this. Uh-oh. Megan Rapino, not in the starting lineup for today's game against England. Are you kidding me? Well, and I mean, look. She only scored four goals in two games. So, uh, again, she was in uniform, uh, was not in warm-ups before the game, but uh, did not start. Wait a second. Is this potentially because of injury or is it because the coach and she had a, an issue with each other? No, the speculation is it's because of her running her mouth about not going to the White House. When she That's says, nonsense. I'm not going to the effing White House should the United States win. I have zero problem with her saying it. I have every problem in the world with her not playing. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, these people are allowed to speak their minds. They're athletes. And, yeah, we'd all love every athlete to be perfectly 
crisp and clean all the time, but that's just not the case. They're human. Yeah, I, I disagree with you. I disagree in the fact that I just I think there are repercussions for you saying certain things. And in the middle of the World Cup where you're representing your freaking country, you don't run your mouth and you say, I'm not going to go to my country's White House if I win. After this, after the World Cup's over? I mean, I think, okay. It, I think it's reflective of the situation we're living in right now. I mean, it's – I understand that we're going to hold them to a higher regard to some extent. I'm not sure I agree that that has to be the case even if you're um, representing your country. I, I, I want them to win. Yeah, of course I want them to win. I absolutely want them to win. They're up 2-1. to one. It's halftime right now. Just Don't so you tell know. me that. I was going to put it on later. Oh, I'm sorry. It's 0-0 uh, halftime. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll delete that part so you don't hear it when you listen to this again. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I, I just – I don't know. You, when you're playing for your own MLS team, say whatever the heck you want. You're playing for your major league team, whatever. But when you're representing your country, for the love, show just a tad respect. Just show a tad respect. Also, I, I'm probably a little bit more of a soccer fan than you are. Yeah, a lot more. And I'm just not surprised by this. She's had kind of like the bad girl moniker for a little while now. And yep. You know, it, it's definitely not the first time she's yep. veered off course, if you will. Um, so I wasn't surprised at all by either some of her commentary. Um but a little bit more surprised because she's always just skated by. Probably in part because she hasn't been as high profile in the past. She's always mm. had Abby Wambach. Alex Morgan is still bigger than her in name, but not in voice. You know, she's she her role is far greater than it's ever been, and she probably hasn't completely realized that. So, hmm. uh, okay. All right, next. All right, next. Um, um, this one's not fun either. <laughs> now, this one, this one, I think we'll probably agree on. Colin Kaepernick report. Colin Kaepernick moves Nike to pull the flag shoe, the Betsy Ross flag shoe. Apparently, Colin Kaepernick reached out to Nike saying that he and others felt the Betsy Ross flag was an offensive symbol because of its connection. To an era of slavery. Say, Nike said in a statement they chose not to release the shoe as it featured an old version of the American flag. <laughs> I don't. Mean, I don't think I want to comment. Oh, you want to comment? I want to hear the comment. I. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Part of it, I can. I, my first thought is, I really don't care. What Colin Kaepernick has to say. I mean, I didn't like the fact that the guy was banned from the league, and it does seem like that there was an an undercurrent of cooperation amongst the league to keep him out. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily think that that was appropriate, but shut up. I'm just not interested. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't know mm-hmm. that Nike made a Betsy Ross shoe. I think that's funny in and of itself. Who's wearing that? <laughs> right. Who's buying that and wearing that? Um, yeah. The- Actually, this, the shoe itself looks pretty cool. I'll throw it in Twitter. Okay. We'll see what you think. But the shoe itself looks pretty neat. Obviously, obviously, they are not 
putting that out to reflect their agreement with any type of slavery. Right. You look at. Oh, wait a second. I'm, I'm pretty. What? Sorry. I, I, I'm pretty well versed in history. I'm a pretty smart guy. Not to toot my own horn too loud. But I don't necessarily conjure specific images that I would associate with the flag at that time of our history. I know slavery was happening at that time, mm-hmm. but doesn't that mean we have to eliminate a lot of images from several hundred years? Yep. That may only be, you know, adjacently associated with being at the same time. Do we have to eliminate every image of something that took place at the same time that slavery existed? I think slavery was one of the worst things in the history of man. Yep. And. I would stand by anybody in opposition of anything remotely like that. <laughs> I just don't – if you would have thrown me a picture of the Betsy Ross show and this headline was just about that, I probably would have just laughed that they made a Betsy Ross show. Like what's next? Right. I don't get it. An Abe Lincoln you know, chin strap around the toe of a shoe. I don't what, – what's next? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I uh, but it's definitely not something I would have thought of immediately. Now, maybe that's my ignorance. Maybe there is something more specific that I should know that the Betsy, that the Betsy Ross flag should bring t- to the forefront of my my mind. Mm. But it definitely doesn't. And I apologize to anyone listening that's offended by that. But are we reaching? Yeah. So my thought on this, I mean, yeah, I agree. Kaepernick, just please, just disappear. Like, seriously, we're, we're so, I'm so tired of this. But I think this is totally a PR stunt by Nike. I think this is all planned. They got it out. And, and they they leveraged Colin Kaepernick and his... A PR stunt his, by them to give him a, a, a platform? To, give him a, to potentially give him a platform, but more importantly, give Nike a platform to talk about their awareness and them doing – again, all exposures, positive exposure as, you know, as they, they say. Right, right. I think them using you know NFL player turned activist Colin Kaepernick uh, as any more as a tool for them to garner attention – I think is is absolutely what's happening here. You're telling me Nike went in. Oh, you know what? We put this out there and gosh, darn it. Colin Kaepernick. Thank you so much for bringing this to our attention. Good point. Like, come on. Nike's so much more of a, um, thoroughbred than that. They, they get how this works. Here's my question. Is Colin Kaepernick now a full-time activist? (laughs) Oh yes. Oh yeah. Is that, is that, you know, Official. I mean, I know that's a silly question in a way, um, because I kind of felt like I haven't heard from him for a while. Maybe the last thing that would have stood out in my mind was the whole controversy over there being a league-wide conspiracy against him. Yeah. And now, two, three years later, I'm hearing something about an issue with a shoe. Right. Exactly. If, if he's if he's a full-time activist, more power to you, buddy. Where are you when a number of other things are happening mm. in the world? Right. Right. Exactly. Um, 
It does absolutely make me think twice about buying Nike products now. I will say that. And that this is coming on the heels of me promoting, and I still absolutely recommend the, the book Shoe Dog for the history, Phil Knight and everything around Nike. But come on, guys. Seriously. Um, next next item. Sources say Yankees ink their top prospect. 16-year-old center fielder Jason Dominguez, the most highly regarded prospect from Latin America in a decade, signed for a uh, $5.1 million bonus. Whoa. Yeah. Five mil at 16. That's 16. In Latin America, by the way. Right. Which I don't know how much further it goes there, but it's further. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, cool. I don't know about a reaction to that. I mean, it's is I what it is. Realize, I mean, who who is the last? If they're saying the biggest in a decade, who's the last one ten years ago that we're comparing him to? Um, I would guess maybe Abreu. Hmm. That'd be my guess. Um, God, I feel like there's so many good players out of Latin America that saying that is that's a really big deal. Yeah, well, they're calling him like the Latin American Mike Trout. This kid, they call they, his nickname's the Martian. Just so you know, the Martian. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a good one. Yeah, I like that. It's a good nickname. Yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued. I definitely yeah. want to see him. You know, his first card's going to go for. Is his first base Bowman prospect auto is going to go for a down payment on a house? Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, the, the interesting thing about this, and if you click the article, you'd see it's it's the Yankees devoted ninety five percent of their pool, their bonus pool money, wow. to one player. That's wild. It, I think it definitely shows how much they. They think wow. of this kid, Dominguez. So. Can you throw that up on Twitter too? I want to see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is there a picture of him? Is he <laughs> like a freak? Is he a Martian? No, he looks normal. He looks normal. He looks like a stud. Uh, here's the, the last line in the article. In addition to his $5.1 million bonus, Dominguez will receive $250,000 in potential scholarship money from the Yankees should he choose to further his education. <laughs> He's never going to a day of school again. Exactly. All right. I mean, I'm not trying to be rude about it, but let's face it. He's yeah. focusing on baseball with $5 million as he should. 100%. Uh, UConn gets two years probation for um, Kevin Ollie's violations. What did he do? I vaguely remember. Uh, was it – Failure to monitor his staff, team? not promoting yeah. an atmosphere of compliance and providing misleading uh-huh. statements to investigators. Joke, yeah. Uh, well, NCAA is a joke. NCAA, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. I'm just, a, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm glad we're not hearing a ton of stuff about the NCAA right now because it was getting so yeah. long in the tooth. But I don't yeah. even. It's just so off kilter. I don't even care to comment on it. It's yeah. so annoying anymore. Agreed. Agreed. Get it right. They haven't gotten anything right in a long time. Right. Uh, cool, man. Well, there you go. It was good catching up. I feel like this was a great show. I had a lot of fun talking about everything. Ditto. 